All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What's happening? How's it going? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. I'm broadcasting from, I think, again, somehow or another, I've managed to be put in a nice hotel room. I'm looking out at the city. I'm looking out at downtown. I can see one of the bridges in the distance. I can see part of the Brooklyn Bridge over there and the, whatever the one is further down. I don't know what that is. Wait, maybe that's the Brooklyn Bridge. And right here is the, uh, the other one. What is it? All right, doesn't matter. So look, today on the show, uh, I'm going to talk to Aaron Blaby. Aaron Blaby is the author of the Bad Guys books. He's Australian. Uh, and he tried his hand at a bunch of other stuff, like acting, art, advertising. He did okay in a lot of different things. Uh, his the, the the whole writing children's book thing didn't take off until he was in his 40s. And now he sold over 30 million books. And I don't know, I met him at one of the press events. And I thought, well, hell, this would be an interesting conversation, an interesting story. The way someone's creativity kind of finds its way if you stick with it, if you can handle your own talent without having it strangle you from the inside, uh, you know, maybe you'll land. Maybe you'll land. If you don't let your talent kill you, if your talent doesn't turn on you and decide that it needs more than you can give, maybe it'll land somewhere where you can handle it and learn how to work with it and uh, understand its limitations and uh, you'll find some satisfactory or satisfying life for yourself. But sadly, if you're very talented, uh, that satisfaction generally is fleeting. That's just my experience, and I'm not even talking about me. So I'm recording this a couple of days earlier than it's going to be posted, and last night I did The Tonight Show, and I'm assuming that today you know, something horrendous didn't happen while I did it that has become clickbait internationally. I don't think that happened. I don't know how it went. I can't address that because I'm recording this the day that I'm going to do it. I'm excited, though. I'm excited to see Jimmy because Jimmy uh, is a good audience. Whatever anyone has to say about Jimmy Fallon, when you do that show, uh, I've grown to like it more than all the shows, really, because he's excited for you to make him laugh. He... <laughs> He was, he'll just look at you and, and he's like, what do you got? Is this going to happen? And, uh, and then you do it. It's a, it, it pushes you to be funny. So if it being funny is important uh, to you, I think uh, Fallon's a pretty, pretty great host. Cause he just, he's like, you know, I, you, I don't even need to talk. You just be funny. And then I'll throw a couple funny things in. That's what they're supposed to do. So I want to thank everybody who's come out for these last few dates. There's a string of dates that I've done in uh, Terrytown, Providence, um, Boston, Portland, Maine have just been great. But I saw a lot of old friends and that also was something. I I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I also believe that the reason I'm out here on my own is that uh, I need to reflect. Is that all right? Is that is that possible? I think it is. I mean, anytime I drive long distances, it's meditative. But driving long distances by yourself, which I've done many times back and forth across the country here and there at different points in my life, you can really sort of put some things into perspective or, 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 or spend some fairly focused quality time with yourself because driving is amazing because you're grounded. And, and I've, I, I've explored this before as a joke many years ago. I'm not sure it really pan, panned out, but like you're very grounded when you're thinking in a car because some part of you has to drive the car. And obviously, if you've been driving all your life, it's second nature, but it is happening. So that's attached. So you can sort of go on any kind of 
you know, flight of reflection or, or, or meditative thoughts or even trying to solve some things about yourself or the world. Uh, and it's, it's, you're tethered to the machinery. You, you know, you're not just lost. So I, I think that uh, there's something to that and something, uh, I, I also think it's a, it's, a, it's a classic American kind of uh, mode on the road, man. All right, so I'm weird. I'm still a little bit defensive at the core, I guess. I like people. I like to engage with people. I like to be around people. I like to, you know, sort of, sort of uh, socialize. I like all those things. But if I'm left to my own devices and, and I have to think about that or there's a decision to be made about doing that or not, I generally kind of don't. And I'm not sure why. I, I, I don't know why. It, it, there's something quiet inside me that uh, is, you know, pathologically insecure and peculiar. But over the last uh, few days, I've been able to spend time with people. One guy who I've known since college, since my freshman year of college, who's, you know, remained in my life and we remain friends, even if we don't see each other for a year, we're still, you know, just, we're very connected and I love the guy. Great guy and uh, an important friend, my friend Jimmy. And then there was this other guy that I saw in Terrytown, this guy Cliff, who I also met my freshman year of college, but I haven't really seen him much, maybe twice or three times since since college. I mean, since whenever the hell that was. When the hell was that when I went to that college? It was like, what, 40 years? Holy shit. But the odd thing is, I haven't seen this guy that much since our freshman year of college. And we were only, you know, really connected. I saw him a few times right after college. We, we kind of stayed friends, but I hadn't seen him since... His wife uh, emailed me and he, it, it, for his birthday present. He went to the town hall show in New York. Cliff, and I saw him briefly in New York when he came to the show. And then we went and had lunch because he lives up by Terrytown. And I, there was no distance. Like, I knew the guy. And that's, that's bizarre to me. And I don't quite understand that. You know, you have, I, I've, so many people have passed through my life. And, and oddly, because of my strange um, fantasy brain and my need to connect, I feel very close to people that would never that I I don't know it, it saddens me that you know just old friends because I like I, I don't know if it's because I'm a emotionally needy or or poorly parented or I'm always looking to people to uh, to sort of make it okay I, I I can't explain it but there are people in my life that that I've spent time with and that I've been friends with in the past that you know that I love and that you know if I really think about it I miss having a friendship with them but it's just not it's not in the cards and it's not that important. And in, in comedy, I think, I think that's also why I, I love comedy and comedians is because we're this weird community that we're sort of guarded, we're sort of defensive, and, and we're sort of, you know, our, our own people. But when we see each other, it feels to me like a real community, certainly with some of them. And we don't need to spend a lot of time with each other. And it just feels intrinsically connected emotionally. Is my life flashing before my eyes? What the fuck is happening? But my point is, like, I was trying to understand that because I spent time with Cliff and it was just great. You know, it was, we talked a little bit about what happened to people, but we don't know. But it was really talking about our own lives where he ended up or I ended up. But the core of it, the core of who we were as people was the same. And, and I have to assume that at certain points of your life, your, your neural pathways or, or whatever the hell it is are still sort of being carved out emotionally and experientially or I'm just speculating but if you lock in with somebody at a developmental point at a develop at a developmental point of your life which you know when you're 21 or what were we 19 i guess it still is really you're still impressionable 
you know, your core is set, but but in terms of who you are and defining yourself isn't. So the people you meet along the way during that time, and I guess that's always, but it does get a little more narrow as you get older, you, you know, they, they stay with you almost on a genetic level, on an emotionally genetic level. There's just people like that that, you know, I just feel connected with in a way that I, I can't quite explain. It's almost familial. So cut to, I get an email from a woman that I used to work with uh, at a restaurant in Brookline, Massachusetts, Edibles, years ago. Uh, her name's Alice. So her husband's a big fan. I haven't talked to this person since, you know, it's, it's been 35, 37, I don't know, years ago. Not, I've not heard or seen this woman. So I get this email out of nowhere from her that her husband's a big fan and she's been a big fan and she's, you know, you know they've kind of, her husband is a, a seriously big fan. And I and I never met him. I don't know. I, I don't know their life. I don't know her. And I would never expect to hear her. It was a total surprise to see her name pop up. And and she just wanted to tell me that they wanted to meet me and say hi after the show. And it would be he would love it. And I'm like, oh my god, great. But then I realized like I was in love with this person. I had a huge crush on this person. I worked at a restaurant with her. Again, I was like, what, twenty nineteen developmental period and i'm sitting there i'm working behind the counter she's working the front of the counter and we're you know there's a cast of characters there but i was i i i guess i could say obsessed but uh i don't know she the way she framed the email was like i don't know if she remembered she was just sort of like if you don't remember me how could i not remember you but my point being is that it's that vibration it's that frequency it's either the developmental part of your life or just feelings even though the time was fleeting and it wasn't that long of a time i did not feel like there's any distance i met her and her husband charlie great people great guy but i didn't feel like right when i saw her i was sort of like oh my god yeah you know and it was all kind of still there it just stays there this sort of frequency you know, it's tempered and obviously we've had whole lives and tragedies and whatever the hell our life is. But, you know, you reach back into that core group of feelings, that that vibration that it doesn't it's like it's not it's not even like time travel. It's almost like an eternal frequency. I, I don't know how how else to to say it. It's just it's something that's sort of always there. It's you know, you've, you're on this same this wavelength with these people that you've met in your life. And even though the wavelength dulls or, or seems to be disconnected for many years, like when you get back in it, if it's there, it's there. And those are the people that, you know, have made a profound impact on your life. And I'm just noticing it more. And I'm just taking advantage of spending the time with these people. And my buddy, Jim, he's the best. And, uh, you know, we've stayed in touch and he's had a very big life, much bigger than mine. You know, he was involved in, you know, politics, international politics. He was, Worked for the government. He get he bought a boat and boated around the world. He made a movie in Bulgaria. But like all, when it comes back around to it, you know, he came to the show. He hung out. But when we sit down and we do the thing and spend a day together, it's just Mark and Jim and all that stuff. Yeah, it's there. But it's that it's just reengaging that wavelength, and it's very. It, I think it's important for your heart and your soul and your mind if you have those people. You know, you know. Spend time with those people because uh, I think that's a, that's a beautiful part of life. <laughs> Listen to the old man realize that friends are good. So the bad guys opens tomorrow. Tomorrow in the States at theaters. That's exciting. I really wonder what people are going to think or if it's going to catch on or if it's going to be an exciting big animation film for the family to enjoy. I have no idea. And I didn't, uh, you know, I don't have children, so I'm not 
I'm not engaged with the books on a day-to-day basis, but I did look at them in preparation to play Mr. Snake. And uh, it's exciting. I mean, obviously the push for this thing, the press push has been monumental, but more than any other film I've ever been in. But uh, I mean, if people enjoy it, it'll be very satisfying. And, you know, talking to Aaron Blaby, uh, he's he's one of the producers on the movie, obviously, but he's he's the guy that created the book, and it was a long journey to get there. And I I met him at a press event, and I said well, you should we should do the show, and uh, this is this this is this this is me talking to the creator of the bad guys books, Aaron Blaby. thing is like what do i want to do man is this day do i want to just keep plugging away or do i want to uh that's a good question to try to enjoy something what about you it seems like you know if you wanted to you could be like all right let's call it a fucking day yeah i know (laughs) it's it's well it's it's what is it it's two years away for me i've got this got a plan i do i do there's the books the bad guys books. Yeah. There's going to be twenty of them. I've just finished sixteen. Yeah, two a year, which is two years left. I've got a new series, and then there'll be that's only three parts. That'll be finished the same year, yeah. and then I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't think I'll be doing any more of that. Right, because that will be. It's it's forty eight books in not long like it's there, 40 books in 10 years there's 48 bad guys books no because i do other, i got i got i got three series that uh that are, that are children's books yeah but they're, they're all three series that are doing well so there's, yeah there's a thing about it there's a thing called pig the pug there's a thing called film of the unicorn and then there's the bad guys they all have a life of their own um but pig's finished now Thelma's finished now bad guys is the last one that is yet to be complete and then i'm sort of out the other side and yeah i don't know either i have no idea what i'm gonna do but i don't know what i i, well, I don't even know how how old are you i'm 48 okay so i don't even it seems that that children's books as you know as a business uh that you know it's just gonna go on and on yeah i it, mean and <laughs> like if you stop working you're just gonna you're gonna make money in your sleep because <laughs> there's there's kids being born every day that need to read the bad guys books or the pig book or the other book, right? Yeah, I well, that's that. I like the idea of that. I'm, I'm, I'm too. I'm, yeah. I get frightened that that is is not a not a real thing. But uh, and you know, and like ten years ago or something, books were dead. I was told, you know, you need a new line of work. No one's going to buy books anymore. Children's books? Yeah. Well, that was the thing. It was all going. It was suddenly it was all, all going to be digital. Oh, okay. And right, uh, and, and that just never happened. No, people you, like to hold things. They do. Yeah, they do. So. Uh, I don't know. But I guess for my point, and this is just a general question that I have about age myself and my, my peers or people slightly older than me, is, <laughs> and it may be a, a relative to creative people in general, like, uh, wasn't the idea to stop working eventually? Mm. Well, <laughs> I mean, was, I, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, wasn't it sort of like, I'm going to make enough money so I cannot do this anymore. You know, I think what it was for me, because you, you've done what you do for such a long time now, uh, this is something I found late. 
I had done so many other things until I wrote my first book. I was 32, but I couldn't give it away, and I couldn't give away the first eight, really. They were not particularly successful, so I just... Not bad guys. No, this is pre-bad guys. Well, wait, so, so what is this? How do you... Where'd you grow up? I grew up in uh, the same, around the same area with one of the other people who's been on your show, Nick Cave. Um, we grew up um, in the same region. We briefly lived in the same town, but not at the same time. You know him? No, um, no. He read one of my books once. He recorded one of my books, oddly enough. Yeah. Um, but uh, did you see him around? Were you like, was he the weird kid on the bike? Uh, no, I was because I was. I'm, I'm a little younger than him, so uh, I, I missed him. But yeah, yeah he would have. He was always loomed large in my kind of youthful psyche as, as, as evidence that you could come from there and do get something out and do something good. Yeah. yeah. So what town was this? Uh, well, that was Wangaratta. Wangaretta? Yeah. And what Wangar area is that? What's that near? That is uh, not near a great deal. It's in regional Victoria, oh, which so is, is it... down the south of Australia on the east coast. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So it's not like way over where Perth is? Or... No, the opposite side. Okay. And, and it's, it's uh, I wasn't born there. I was born in a town called Bendigo. Yeah. Where's that? About two hours from Wangaratta. Now and the, all of these are like two hours up for something from Melbourne. Oh, they're up. Yeah. So was it uh, desolate? Um, I have a hard time picturing Australia. I've been to Sydney. I've yeah. been to uh, uh, you know Melbourne for a couple of weeks. I was in Brisbane. That's it. Is it desolate? I, I, I don't know if it's desolate. I, I, what I always really admired about Nick is he seemed to be able to romanticize it. He kind of turned it into a... He's sort of dark Johnny Cash-esque landscape yeah. in his mind. It was something that I just had to... <laughs> <laughs> I escaped into movies. That was my thing. And that was that's why I do what I do is come because from, of movies. Yeah? Yeah. It was, you know, the, the invention of the VHS tape changed yeah. my life. You ever come from a big family? Just me. No, your, your no, only child? Only child. We moved all the time. So I was the, always the new kid, the weird kid in my own head. Oh, my God. Always. And, yeah. And in your own head, but not in reality, were you treated like the weird kid? Uh, I think only kids get a weird thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> but I think uh, you're the only ones who agreed with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I can't deny it. Uh, I, I was. I don't think I was ever anywhere long enough to kind of. I, like I'd never got bullied, yeah. but I think it was because I was. I I developed the skill really early on to be invisible. I oh could, yeah? yeah, yeah, and then but then it cut to however many years later when I was in my like nineteen, I became an actor. And but I, what business was your dad on the run? But it well, it it kind of <laughs> it kind of seems that way. He he, uh, it doesn't. There's not a good explanation for why they moved oh. so much. He worked. He worked in. Do you have building societies here? What is it? What do they, they do? It's like a little. It's like a building society. It's like a little. Like a little regional bank. And he worked in those. Oh, small banks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He moved true. around and did that, but that doesn't explain the number of moves. Yeah, but uh, they stayed together, they, they your folks. Yeah, yeah. Huh. They're still they're still together. They've been together for a hundred years. Um, but they're they're where are they? Are they in a regular city now? Or they live. They still live in Bendigo. They wow. moved around and ended up back there eventually. But you wouldn't think uh, they didn't want to live in a city? They're just comfortable there? They, they tried it. They f they followed me around a few times. Then they followed me to Melbourne. They followed yeah. me to Sydney. Uh, and then they always kind of just gravitated back huh. there. Well, they, well, they must like it then. 
Yeah, I think I think it's comfortable. So when you're a kid, are you drawing pictures? Or you're not drawing. Pictures? I'm drawing pictures, but it was really Reading comics. Yeah, but it was movies. It was oh, it movies? was it was. But it wasn't just. It was it was Spielberg and that kind of thing, but it was also it was other stuff. I got yeah. like I the, the the day I got my hands on a copy of The Road Warrior. Oh yeah, was a big deal, a really big deal. Well, that's uh, your country. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, and it, Max, was, was it was it was just so so cool. But you know, and I I I uh, somebody mentioned um, American Werewolf in London to me oh, this yeah. morning, and that yeah. was like a that was a big. And I, well, I remember I was nine years old, yeah. and I got asked because I was the kid who loved movies. I got asked by some kid's mother to select a movie for yeah. this kid's nine year old birthday party, and I turned up with American Werewolf in London, and wow. just terrified the entire room. That must have, that's a little rough for nine. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is a little rough. When he's sitting there, with it his, didn't go well with, the, with his veins hanging out of his neck. <laughs> it was not a successful. Was it Griffin Dunn with his veins hanging yeah, out of his neck? It still was. But yeah, but like Road Warrior. What was the first one? Mad Max. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, that's always what I assumed most of Australia looked like, even it, though it was supposed to be post-apocalyptic. It kind of does. <laughs> and if you, if okay, if you do want to picture Wangaratta, you yeah. can picture the first Mad Max. You can kind of picture that. Yeah. So that it just seems just, desolate to me. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you ever well, go out to the middle to the big mound? Uh, no. No. I've no, I've never been. What is it called? It's called Ayers Rock, or it's called Uluru. Uh -huh. It's actually the proper the 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 um. You never went out indigenous there. Indigenous name? No. I've never made it that far. That, that seems like a college or like a like a trip you'd make with your friends it 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 does but that would have required me to have had friends <laughs> uh, what about bugs you, uh, do you were there a lot of big bugs in your past oh, yeah. uh, well i well, i now live in the mountains outside of sydney and uh, uh. But it's incredible to me that like americans are always talking about how scary the things that live in the countryside in australia are spiders and snakes yeah. but, you, but there's nothing in our countryside that will literally eat you right like you have though you no, mean, like you got oh, yeah. bears and cougars you, you, you have, yeah. your cats are in, yeah. in a little in a zoo cage, because the they, you can't let them out you don't got any coyotes no we don't have coyotes well that that's lucky because they're it, spreading everywhere really yeah there's coyotes everywhere they're in malls they're they, they're all over the country it's crazy just packs of coyotes you don't got no wild dogs you got wild dogs we've got wild dogs well, yeah that's but, not they're, but they're, they're not they're not it, it, what are they dingoes the, yes yes ah. i don't but don't don't quiz me too much on dingoes my very limited <laughs> very limited knowledge of the, the expect, comings and goings of dingoes i expect all australians i talk to to know everything about the the fauna and the wildlife of australia no you're not you're talking to the wrong guy okay. I, although i do i do like the the scary ones they i mean the scary plants and, or and bugs the 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 bugs yeah the, the spiders but one of my sons is a terrible arachnophobe but i, I kind of like them like I've got, I, I've got my technique down of getting a spider off a wall i'm good at that but i mean are they bigger i don't know i can't i don't have any sense i just know that people talk about this stuff yeah uh well there we have a couple that are really unpleasantly deadly there's a oh, couple that will, okay. will kill you stone dead fast no shit mm, yeah in the house they can be. Wow. They can be. They, they are they easy to identify? Do they look like killers? Uh, yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> it's, it's it's not up for debate. You can tell straight away. All right. So now the the character I'm getting that is you is like you know you don't have any friends in high school. You have another. Is there a couple uh, other? Uh, well, it, it, we stopped moving by high school. So oh, I that's right. I, it was I, the moving I, thing. Yeah, yeah. So I settled in a bit and I started to kind of. Uh, 
Uh, you asked about drawing earlier. I did draw pictures, but I always found it really unsatisfying because I was trying to kind of recreate what I was seeing in movies, but on a page. And that was something felt, you did consciously? Yeah, I did, yeah. And, I, and it always felt like there was a big hole. Like, I would see something, I would want to try and recapture it somehow. Yeah. I'd draw it really badly, and yeah. it just felt like the... And it uh, that, that kind of gaping hole was there from i remember i saw empire strikes back when i was six years old and it's been there ever since i remember the day i saw that film that's when the hole started it did i actually i i I recall that feeling of a sort of hard to define dissatisfaction from that it's it's it sounds like bullshit but it's true with the world or with everything just with 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 everything i did and you know (laughs) one of the other problems too was the beatles because i'm 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 all music has been the other i'm not i'm not i'm not talented musically yeah but i love it and i i'm obsessed with it and i as a kid uh it's funny the the beatles the 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 breadth of their achievement kind of loomed almost too large it discouraged me from for everybody trying to do anything for a long time creatively you were just sort of like what the beatles did it it's over it's done between the empire strikes back and the beatles (laughs) i'm i'm there's no reason there's nothing left to do yeah that's how it felt (laughs) it did it really did did you watch the documentary uh, Peter Jackson stuff, you know. The, oh God! Oh yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. Wow, the, the get back moment was extraordinary when that he was just extra- whips yeah. it up. It's but what's just interesting beautiful. is that there, you really see that it, it's a magic that you can't explain because it's not like they're doing anything that complicated. It's just oh. four dudes and then Billy Preston hanging around, dicking around. But there's something about the alchemy of them together yeah. that is unexplainable. It's oh, it's the thing that haunted me was always did is the 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 odds yeah. against Paul and this is the thing of Paul and John meeting each other is yeah. astronomical but the fact that someone as good as George as well yeah. happened to also be a local and right. went hey let's do this. But I mean it's just bizarre. and then and but you know but were they good at the beginning I mean were I mean when they met <sighs> were they good I mean they I all grew know. together you know I mean it I was know. just I know. And and look, who knows what impact the presence of Ringo? Because Ringo was beautiful in that documentary too. That just that <laughs> he seemed that, a little a little wasted. Yeah, but he but, seemed great. I don't know. His energy was kind of it was it was grounding. It was, yeah, and that's what he's was. supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah. It's very special. So yeah, I, I they 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 haunted me a in long the shadow time. of Spielberg's Empire or of Lucas and yeah. the Beatles. Yeah, but but you you weren't aspiring to do music. Nor were you well, aspiring I, well, to be I, a filmmaker. I, well, I, 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 the only reason I didn't is because of where they I did w- it. No, well, also because of where I was from. So yeah. I, it felt like, like I mentioned Nick, later, yeah. and that was later on I became aware of Nick. But I, I, it didn't seem possible because there was no evidence that could be done from where I was from when and you were I, a kid. The, yeah, yeah, they were yeah. Just, I lived on the moon. I yeah. lived on the moon. And I guess did. why I love Mad Max because it was like this cool thing that had been yeah. shot right. nearby. Right. You know. Yeah, and it made sense. And to this day, I can't look at an anamorphic frame without thinking of those crazy guys stuck on the like literally sitting on a little rig on the front of a car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> going 110 up yeah. a highway with the camera on the ground. I yeah. mean, it's the most beautiful thing ever, and that was so exciting because it felt like something really just world class and, sure. and, and and from Australia from Australia but, yeah. but c- cutting a whole new path through something I mean I, I know that especially the sequel the, the Road Warrior had such a big impact on Spielberg all yeah. kinds of people kind yeah. of went wow yeah all of them are, are kind of exciting yeah really the third one's not so great the one with, the, the, with the one with all the kids was that the one with Tina Turner yeah 
Yeah, I, yeah. I don't remember it, in 20, that, but some, then Someone the, had the idea to take cars out of the equation, and that wasn't... Oh, it was the cage a, match thing. Yeah, that, that bit was all right, but uh, then they're suddenly on a train, and it's Yeah, been, I, don't, I don't remember yeah, it at all, but yeah, I remember the one there's with... There's a reason for that. Yeah, it's with... Not, uh, I'm yeah. not even sure I saw it. <laughs> right. Thunderdome. Yeah, that's right. But I saw the one with... Uh, with uh, What's her name? Uh, Charlize. Yeah. Fun. Good. I, uh, yeah, really good fun. Well, that guy Hardy's kind of like a, some from another planet. <laughs> he's Australian? No. No, he's English. No, he's English. All right, so mm. no music, no movie making, and you're uh, you're beaten. You're like, what, 15 and it's over? <laughs> uh, well, the next significant moment, I th- was. it's another movie. It was Silence of the Lambs. I saw Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It was in year 11, at, which is what, your junior yeah, year at high school. Right. And uh, I got it in my head that, I could fill that hole by becoming an actor. I was so deeply impressed by what was those two were doing in that film that I thought that's what I'm going to do. And I moved to Melbourne yeah. when I was 17 and kind of willed myself into doing that. I was and I was and I just at the outset I was I'm a terrible terrible actor. <laughs> I did not I did, on a, on a really core level I'm not good at it. But because, the, because I'm I think I'm never I'm never properly inside it. I'm always sort of I, and I did it for a long time. I did it for over a decade. But I, I think I was always kind of levitating over myself, watching a scene, trying to. Interesting, just, but yeah, not good, not good. But, but it's odd that you watch two of the great actors, and that doesn't—that's undaunting to you. Like, the Beatles and Empire Strike Back <laughs> well, they, just yeah. took the wind out of your sails. But you watch Anthony Hopkins, you're like, I can do this. Yeah. I, I know, isn't that interesting? <laughs> I don't know what the hell I was thinking because I really couldn't. That's the thing I discovered <laughs> in no uncertain terms. But it looks like you worked. I did well, yeah. I did. Is I it did. just because did. In, yeah. in Australia, if you hang around long enough, everyone gets a turn? Or I, <laughs> I, I feel like there because we there's there was t- there's two beautiful actors from Australia, Ben Mendelsohn and um, he's who, great. Who you would have seen in a bunch of things, and Noah Taylor is wonderful as well. And I felt I've like worked ge- with Noah Taylor. Okay, so you, you are, did in, in all my films. Yeah. yeah. So this is your generation. My generation, and I felt like because I had a passing resemblance to those two guys right. when I was younger, I felt like it was simply a case in Australia in some that. If you couldn't get Ben and you couldn't get Noah, maybe you would be the guy. You could get that guy, maybe. Well, it's I, weird I, that you bring it up because, yeah. like, when you think about it, a lot of great actors have come out of Australia. I don't know why. So many. It's so crazy. Many. It is ridiculous. For per capita, it's insane how many great it's actors. It's sort of have like come the out. comedic talent out of Canada. There's serious yeah. actors out of <laughs> Australia, and there's unexplainable comedic talent coming out of Canada. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but. Like, what? Heath was from there, Heath, and uh, Margo, Russell Crowe, yeah, Eric Bena. Yeah. There's so many great, uh, great Australian actors. Mendelssohn something. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's, he was, Ben's always been my favorite, I have to say. Friend of yours? Uh, I haven't seen Ben in 20 years, but he was always very kind to me. He was a bit older than me, and mm. he was always lovely. But um, so, so you didn't train as an actor? You just no, I fell into it. I, got, I got, was seen in a high school play and cast in a TV show. Really? Yeah. And um, so and then I won an award for being in the TV show, and it, that was the worst thing that could ever happen to me because it gave me false sense of confidence How that many I could seasons? do it. Well, just the one. Oh, really? Yeah, just one little, like, like low budget Australian huh. thing. Yeah, 
Um, and I and I, I think the award was just because I was a fresh face. I think I, I think it was it couldn't it couldn't have been anything else. And then what goes on that? So now you're an actor and you're living that life. You're going auditions and yeah, all that stuff. The worst. Yeah, endless humiliation. Yeah, yeah totally. Endless kicks in the balls. Yeah, over and, and over again. And by this time you're into Nick Cave and your music yeah, abs- tastes have shifted. Absolutely. And and uh, are you into art? Not yet. Not that, at all. That, that happened. It, it was it the, that crept up on me in my twenties, and then I eventually became all about that by the end of my twenties, and spent years just painting and thinking about. Again, it was formless and pointless, and didn't lead anywhere. But it, I didn't realize at the time I was actually laying pipe to sure to do what I do now. So but, how does the how does how does the acting end? Is it, what's the, it, what's the, it? the acting ends just with a a, a really slow sad decline of just opportunity well i i i got i got a couple of things that in australia were kind of a big deal but they didn't do well and i and i and i i take full responsibility for them not doing particularly well because they if someone else had been cast in a couple of these things that was that was a little more accomplished with what they were doing then maybe it would have it would have landed but you think yeah absolutely from the bottom of my heart you just take it all on don't you (laughs) (laughs) it's true i i I honest and and i know i have often got the feeling in the last few years that um uh because again i live i spend a lot of my time in isolation doing what i do i've got sort of hints a sense that like some people in the industry in australia might be even offended that like i'm like i'm bagging the the actual projects and things i'm really not it's me entirely what i was contributing because i hadn't i just had no sense of self at the time none and it was it was because I think I'd formed I'd formed my version of myself by watching movies and kind of deciding in my head that I was going to be in that somehow. Right, but did your was, parents just walk in a room or what? I mean, because I had problems with sense of self too, but it was because you know I, I felt that uh, I, my parents had no boundaries and I and they were selfish and you know something didn't get finished. I'm not sure what it was. Right, it's a, it's a difficult thing because. You know, when you're old enough to realize that that's a problem, what are you going to do about that? Yeah. But you can always look at yourself and go like, no, I'm not quite there, am I? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, well, it's, I, I, you know, the thing of woodshedding it, that's entirely what I did. I just, with my wife, I convinced my wife to bail on Sydney and we moved into the countryside and I started painting. This is after the acting. This thing. is after the acting. You were thing. just sort of like, did you have a crisis? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It was. It was. But it, it felt like a really bright and positive crisis at the time, um, because again, I'm really, really good. I think at deluding myself that I can just conjure things out of nothing, and which I did as a kid. You know, a kid coming from Wangaratta and Bendigo, coming to Melbourne, deciding I'm going to be an actor, it's like ridiculous. But I somehow kind of made that but, happen. But, but through the whole acting thing, you never took any lessons? No. No. I know. See, this is the thing. Isn't we, it? In that, high that, school? That, that, that makes all kinds of sense when you think about it now, but no, I what, didn't. What high school were you in a class? Yeah, I was. Right. But not for, that's not for, enough. Yeah, that, well, that was, I kind of felt like <laughs> I had all the tools, which is just so stupid. It's possible. No. no. Oh, man. There's it's, a lot of, na- most of acting, honestly, and I say this from talking to a lot of actors, a good percentage of it is just natural. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Oh, well, when you see good ones, like you know, yeah, and I'm, you know, and it, all, all, you know, bullshit aside, mm. I mean, I, I, when I watch somebody like you who has come to acting quite late, yeah, it's, 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 it's astonishing to me how, you know, yeah. good 
yeah. you are, you know? Well, I and mean, I thought about it. You know, I mean, I, I don't know that I, I have had it. I talk to people. I get free uh, lessons from famous actors when I talk to them. <laughs> I, I, if you listen to any of my actor interviews, there's at least 10 minutes where I'm like, well, how do you do it? <laughs> you know? And uh, most of it is just sort of, you got to just listen. Yeah, right. I'm like, all right. I'm good at that. Yeah. Kind of, for the most part. Well, anyway, so what? how did the crisis manifest? Was it dark? Was it? it, it not, well, it was... It, I it was good. I'd, I'd had a yeah, I'd had a creeping interest in painting and art, and I saw there was a book about Picasso. I saw and I kind of this is this a, that was your art school. Yeah, it was a single book. <laughs> again, I did it again. I didn't do any classes, and I I, I have a, a kind of resistance to that. I I've, I've, I I don't know why. Um, and I just we we moved away. I started to paint, and I painted some exhibitions, and the first ones went quite well. But again, I didn't really know. There was no narrative in it, and I think that was the bit that I abstract. No, they were figurative. They were paintings oh. of women. I was painting boobs mostly, you yeah. know. And it was, it was they were they're kind of nice, I guess, but they were sort of a bit. It was just learning how to use paint. I was just painting form uh-huh. more than anything else. Um, but you had a sense for it. You had a, you had a feel for it. I color. did. I did for the first time. I felt like I was sort of onto something, but I missed narrative. And I think that. What was do you the, mean narrative? Well, the fact, the reason that I got into acting was because i love movies i loved the the story, idea of story yeah, being right. told and in painting i mean and, and people can do you know paint n- narratively but i wasn't and i just again it felt like a, a dead end a roadblock and then uh out of nowhere i wrote my first book and again it was the one that didn't it, it didn't do particularly well but how how many paintings you sell you did good Pretty good over a couple of years. Um, and again, I was doing exhibitions. There was only like six of them or something. But yeah, the first few completely sold out. So you had a gallery. Yeah, a couple of them. Actually, I had a gallery in Melbourne, one in Sydney and one in Adelaide. So you you, you did the acting, you got on TV and you did, what, yeah. a couple movies? Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. What, but then you, you decide on painting and, the, yeah. and then you get, you know, sell some paintings? Yeah. So you got some talent. This is a creative life. There's, well, that, that that's why I kept at it, you know, but then... The, when I started making books and nobody was buying them, I thought there was a period where I, then I had went off and started working in, I had to work in advertising for a couple of years, which I just, because I, again, I was thinking, well, how can I put words and pictures together and kind of make a living? Because I had two kids now all of a sudden. But when did you get married? What, how, we were young. In the I middle was, of the acting? Yeah, in the middle of the acting. We met in a play. Kirsty was an actress as well. She's not now. What's she end up doing? Uh, she's a speech pathologist. Oh, that's helpful. It, it is. Yeah, it, yeah. It's a very, it's a very, very worthy thing to do. A lot more helpful do. than acting. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we were babies. We were in a play. Uh, we were twenty-five, yeah. I think. Yeah. And we got married the next year. We've been married ever since. So she stuck with it. Yeah. Well, I guess your crises weren't too damaging. <laughs> Like oh, they, they, well, they, you know, it wasn't a picnic. <laughs> that's, that's, that's for I, sure. I'm just, uh, I'm wondering how the uh, decision to go into advertising that must have been a, yeah. a good bit of wrestling. Oh man, uh, look, it's, it's. I thought I could do it, and I thought I'd find a way to, and I tried to make it enth- Enthuse myself yeah. about it, and thought, like, I'm gonna make this. This, this is, you gotta be really smart to do this. This yeah. is gonna be great. And I, and I, I was so. There's a, there's the botanical gardens in Sydney. There's a place I call the Sobbing Tree. Every <laughs> lunchtime, <laughs> I would just go and lie under this tree yeah. and weep. Like, really, I did. I just like so deeply depressed for the for the two years because you did couldn't that. see where well, past it. All the stuff that I'd that that impulse from when I was young to, you know, somehow create something cool out of nothing. Out of nothing, um, felt like it had just 
died and uh. I had to give it all up. And then I, when I bailed from that, I found a little sort of loophole by going and teaching at a design college because of I'd sort of blagged my way into that by having worked briefly in advertising and, and painted. So I kind of got myself a job teaching design and that was it was kind of all right but then that was when i convinced my wife again to move to another part of the countryside which is when well you're just like your dad i guess yeah it's a little <laughs> bit isn't it a little bit now, maybe I think now you understand <laughs> like i gotta run away from this there's no way we can make a new go of it until i change everything that could be it but so but but tell me about when you uh when you did the uh, the first children with the first book, so this is yeah. after your painting, and you decided, well, you got tired of painting boobs. You didn't yeah. see any future in it, or you weren't well, enjoying it? it. It was. It felt. It was the, again. It was selling, selling like really well. Yeah. Um, but it didn't feel like it was going mm. anywhere particularly interesting. Oh yeah. So, so there was no your your life story was boring to you. Yeah. Not just the fact that there was yeah. no narrative to the artwork. It was just sort of like. I, I guess I can just go on doing this, or but it would get boring. Well, it had nothing to do with what I really love. So my my biggest all Which was movies. All my heroes are movies and songwriters. They're my heroes. Yeah, but but you weren't. It didn't sound like you were heading in either of those. Tracks. But that, but but what's really interesting? But this is the thing. I think the reason that yeah. the books ultimately became as popular as they have is because that once again. It was driven in no way by an interest in what my peers were doing. On any level, I started making books that were entirely driven by somebody who had songwriters and movie makers in their mind. Well, what was as the first book? The, well, the, the, it took me it took me ten years to find what I'm talking about now. The, I get the, it. the first ones were more personal. They were they were really there was no trace of m metaphor in them really. Well, at all. what was it? The first? Well, the first one was about me and my wife, but oh. in children book form, you know. Right. And it was you know it was kind of nice, and but it was you know and it, it was warmly received, but it 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 was just. I don't know. God, I got to move to Australia. It sounds like you can get away with murder. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. The guy paints boobs for a few years. He's got six shows. Decides to act. He's on television. <laughs> Writes one book about him and his wife. And it's nice. Why? It was received nicely. It wow. was. But nobody, yeah. nobody bought it. Nobody, nobody bought it. Oh, okay. But uh, so, again, with the children's books, did you did you do any sort of research? None. No. But, none. But, so how do you decide how to talk I, to kids? Uh, you had some. It's, well, this is the thing. We just had our first, and it sounds like it was a conscious decision, but it wasn't. I wrote the first one not long after our first son was born. Right. But I, at the time, because he didn't have a, this is the, the other pivotal, there was a few things, but the books didn't get good until my kids were old enough to have a sense of humor. And then once they had a defined sense of humor that I knew I could make them laugh, Yeah, that's when I found the um, my voice well, what was for, the, one, for one of a better word my voice that's what was what the I, first book that sold pig the pug that's a, it's a, a picture book that is um been wildly popular but is at odds with the entire picture book market because how? it is it has an edge to it that you don't expect to see in picture books it's a dog who is mean and selfish he takes he, all the toys. He wants the, another little dog wants to share them. He won't do it. He gets up on the pile of toys, falls out the window, and ends up in an all-body cast. And um, it's 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 it was an immediate hit. People yeah. just found it really funny. Well, and, it's, uh, I guess karma's a bitch. Is yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, their books about karma, <laughs> and there's a whole series of pig books, and they're all about karma. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Yeah. Like he uh, he he doesn't get a, taught a lesson in the regular way. No, he doesn't. And it, it's questionable it's whether a coincidental. He, it's, it's it's questionable whether he even learns a lesson at the end. <laughs> but he takes a hit. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. And then all of a sudden, he opened the door because that was coming from a place that was I don't know. It just it made me happy for the. It was the first yeah. thing I'd ever done that made me happy. I went, that's really funny and you did the art and the and the and suddenly yeah i was putting words with pictures yeah and i wasn't selling my soul right and i was doing something that made me laugh and made and then i started touring around schools um because i needed the money at the time and because i wanted to road test the material it was, bit, it was in a funny way it was a bit like being a it a was comic. my my equivalent of being a comic because i would go to schools they would they would invite me as an author yeah I would put the books on a kind of a big screen, the artwork, and I would read or perform the what was in them. And if I didn't get a laugh in certain sections, that if a book wasn't finished, I'd adjust and shift and then play it. At oh the yeah, Sedaris does it that way. Yeah, and I and I went around doing that, and I did it. I went to a couple of hundred schools over a couple of a couple of years. And you get paid for the gig. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and that was your, that was the how you wrote some of the, the, the these. The pug I, that, books. That's where I found the 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 where to pitch them. Yeah. Yeah. So all right. So the pig, the pug. Yeah, that that was the first series. That was the first one, but it happened almost simultaneously because, and this sounds like a lie, but it's not. When we moved to this where we live now, and nothing had worked, I was forty, and like this was the, and but I I felt like we had the kids were young, and it felt like my last chance. Otherwise, I was just going to do advertising or something forever. And I went for a walk, and I came up with Pig, the bad guys, and Thelma, my other character that's um, found an audience, yeah. all in like a 48-hour period. She? She's a she's a, a plain little horse that um, wants to be special. She sticks a carrot on her head. There's a there's a, there's a a truck accident yeah. where she gets covered in pink paint. Suddenly she's a unicorn, but it doesn't work out quite the way she thinks. And that's being turned into a movie too. Jared Hess is making a movie. Is that a it. series of books or is that yeah, just two. a Yeah, two. It's a little like a book in Can't two, 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 two parts. Can't keep horse painted yeah. for 10 yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't do it. But it, well, I, they're, they're, it's it's a Netflix um, it's a Netflix movie, but it's um, it might be a TV show too. So I'm I'm curious to see how they're going to keep her painted for huh. a series. But um, someone yeah. she's got to be onto it, and she's got to figure out how to keep getting painted. So wait, once you sell it, you, you you're out of the writing game with that. Um, no, because, uh, not directly like the, like with the bad guys, I worked with them cause I, um, and I was, came on as an, yeah. an EP Yeah, and every, every draft and every cut, I was just, you were on of, it. I was on it and did my notes and yeah. what, so what was this? Where'd you take this walk that, you know, changed your life? What do you, what do you attribute that to? Uh, Had you quit your job at the advertising? Did, yeah. I was still teaching. It was. I still. I was still in that last little window. Oh, of teaching the uh, te design. Te that's right. And it sounds uh, like a train wreck. Well, as I'm describing this to no, you in details, not it, really. I, I realized it's how definitely not a train wreck. <laughs> it's not like you ended up in rehab or something. It's just. It just. A, it was just sort of like. Uh, it sounds like you. You frame it as sort of a sad life, as a soul death. <laughs> really. Well, it felt like that for a while. I'm sure it was. Yeah, yeah. But how, how dramatic was the quitting of the advertising? Was it? That was it. Was great, but it was that was just an I just found an escape hatch and just got Did out. It was, it was just a just a, a string of escape hatches, really. So, um, where, where did you take this walk? Did, did you? It's in around the town where I live. I live in a town called Lura in the Blue Mountains. It's beautiful. Oh. But I just I just walked around and yeah, maybe she have named that street after you. Maybe, <laughs> maybe <laughs> this is where it happened. But, <laughs> but it was it was. Um, 
desperation. That's all it was. It was. Yeah, it just came from that. And a, and a little door opened up in the universe and they tumbled out. Because the bad guys, it's this also sounds like bullshit, but it's not. I texted a friend. I had the idea for the bad guys and I wrote it down, a single line, 25-word sort of elevator pitch description of what the uh, bad guys was. Yeah. Texted it to a friend and she texted back, that sounds like a DreamWorks movie. Come on, before you even wrote a book? It's true. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. It's really crazy. And it's Did that happen on the same street? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it kind of did. Kind of special street, man. <laughs> it's a magic street, that street. It is a magic street. We've been thinking about leaving it, and I don't really want to. I wouldn't. I, yeah, you don't know what happened. Don't, yeah. don't mess with the magic. Yeah, that's what I'm Wait thinking. Wait till you finished all the books. That's that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> You're reading my mind. That's but uh, so, so the bad guys... What was the pitch for the book in for, your mind? From the, from the book in my mind, at the time, it was just the, it was, you know, Mr. Wolf, Mr. Snake, Mr. Shark, Mr. Piranha doing good deeds, whether you want them to or not. That mm. was the original idea. And then once there was interest from over here, because the, the bad guy, the first bad guy's book immediately did well in Amer in Australia, but in the US schools, it exploded like instantly. We sold like half a million copies in like a couple of weeks. Really? And, and that was more- Here? Yeah. A school, it's in, a scholastic in, like the, yeah, the, the Like the book fairs, you know, the now, book fairs in schools? Yeah. yeah. Well now, so the publishing, Thelma and Pig the Pug, the, the those two, are they, who published them there? Are they scholastic? Scholastic as well, yeah. That's a global thing. It is. And then they pick up the bad guys. So like- the other two, Thelma and the Pug Book, mm. they're big in Australia, but also big here? Yeah. they. Well, what happened was uh, because there's an edge to Pig that I was describing earlier, yeah. the U.S. publisher was a little you know, standoffish about it because it's just, if, picture books in America especially are very wholesome. They just, they just there's the, the messaging is very clear and they're very, very warm and, and fuzzy. Uh -huh. And pigs, not that. Yeah. So they didn't. They weren't really interested. And then when the bad guys just sort of exploded, they jumped on board and went, "Well, let's try the let's try the dog book." And how did it do? Amazingly well. <laughs> um, <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Instantaneously. Huh. Um, and and each one of them has like there's been there's been nearly. So I've just finished the tenth pig book, which is the final one, and all of them have sold over a million copies. So when you say book fair, that's when schools come to yeah, buy books. Yeah, no, no, you know when um, uh, kids take money to school in an envelope, and, uh -huh. and the the little the truck arrives, and the oh the, right, right, yeah, right, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's kids. Generally speaking, it's a kid's first experience of going and purchasing something that they want themselves and it's it's a it's a book at school they get to choose there's no no conversation about it they get to choose what they wanted to buy that day and there's something about the the cover of the first bad guys book i guess that just captured their, really yeah and that that's it, it just it took off I and mean, you got to remember by this point how old are these kids what are the ages it's six like six to twelve yeah um but my first eight books or something none of them had sold over like 5,000 copies you know like tiny little print runs in Australia in Australia nowhere else so to suddenly have sold half a million in America was so far beyond my wildest dreams what were the, what were the eight books so they the one with yeah, you yeah, and your wife the, the and one, then there was one kind of about it was a thinly veiled version of me moving around when I was a kid. They were a bit yeah. too literal, the yeah. earlier ones. And then, then there was one that was actually pretty funny about a, a a kid who complained so much that his head fell off. And that 
Yeah, but again, didn't find an audience. It was too weird, I think. No animals, though. No, it, well, this is the thing. <laughs> I changed publisher. I, I, got, I kind of got poached by a new publisher, Scholastic, yeah. in Australia, and the publisher made one suggestion. He said, it was, which is just so obvious, but he said, can you do what you do, but do it with animals? Yeah. And there it was. <laughs> <laughs> You're being a little too honest, a little too forthright. <laughs> <laughs> May give the animals the human problem. <laughs> Shown your hand too much. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what happened. Uh, so well, that well then that's a great story. So then you do the first bad guys book, and now you're off and running. Yeah, but I I at the time I wrote I because again there, there hadn't been a hint of commercial success to that point. So yeah. I I wrote it with such kind of abandon because I thought, well, who cares? No, one, yeah. no one's going to buy it anyway. Right. And I wrote exactly what I wanted to do. And the bad guys, without any kind of melodrama of any kind, is precisely the thing I'd been looking for since I was a little boy. That was the thing. It filled that hole. I suddenly movie had, hole. Suddenly had a vehicle where I could pour all the stuff that I love, the way that, because it is, it's such a weird idea to take the, you know, scary animals and a car from Mad Max and a Tarantino movie and mash them all together. Because yeah. the, other, the other movie that changed my life in a not a great way at the time was Reservoir Dogs, because I yeah. saw Reservoir Dogs and it haunted me for years. I just, I, I saw it one night before, because I didn't realize Reservoir Dogs wasn't popular or like really successful commercially until after. Pulp Fiction. People found it retrospectively. Sure. It was just a little movie. Right. But I saw it the week it came out just accidentally. I saw the poster, thought it looked cool, went in yeah. and had my mind blown and went five times that yeah. week <laughs> and was obsessed with it. Obsessed. What for, was for it years. about it? It just, it spoke to me in a way that very few movies had. I just thought it was so funny and so just s s the way he'd taken cinema history and just mashed it up in his own uh -huh it's just and I think it's part of like you know I love again musically I love the way the Beastie Boys would always sort of yeah. the Bowbird thing where they take elements and mash right. them together and yeah. create something new and I love the about Tarantino and the Beasties and that kind of you know beautiful playful appropriation yeah. of other people's work I love it yeah and but again without I felt that sort of impotent feeling of not being able to do that myself until the bad guys. And, yeah. and suddenly, when I had these animals in suits in that car, bam, everything suddenly overnight became possible. So that single book, which I never thought it would be more than one book, turned into a 20-story arc, which just, I plotted, like, I've known how the story would end from the beginning, really. Yeah. I had this whole thing. It just flooded out of me. Uh, wow! Yeah, it's been like the it's the most it's been the most beautiful experience. The last it's been nine years now that I've been working on it, and it is everything. Every, it's fulfilled every and the the best way I can describe it is that me as a kid and me as like a thirteen year old would be so happy with what I'm doing yeah. now. That yeah. that is the that's the most that's. The coolest thing, yeah. about it, is and that was in, but that was twenty books. Now it's forty, right? <laughs> well, altogether, altogether, my books. All the books. Are, oh. So there's been ten pig. There'll be twenty bad guys. There's three of this other new thing. Oh, I'm got doing. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but added together, it's f it'll be forty-eight by the time I'm 
sort of done whether whether it's a whether it's a comma or a full stop so I from, don't know from the beginning you you saw the arc of bad guys I mean you kind of knew once it. yeah I I had the the first I've said in my head this of the 20 books they're kind of like two seasons yeah or 10 right um but yeah I did I did figure it out in advance and it just it just sort of it fell together um that that in a funny way they kind of write themselves I just sort of yeah uh, it's been really clear to me. I don't wrestle with them. I know the 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 turns really, really instinctively with the with those books. It's they're just fun to write. Yeah, because when I saw you here when we did the press a few weeks ago, yeah. you said you had you had to write finish a book or I, write a book. I'd write t- and then and then when I arrived, I I got COVID almost immediately, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but, and was trapped in my hotel room for two weeks and. I did. I wasn't sick. I was fine. But I wrote. I wrote the next two books. I've in the last since I saw you last. I've written the next two. Really? Yeah. And I'm. I'm. They're. I'm. They're good. I'm really excited about them. Yeah. They're the. They're the. They're not the last two. They're the second last two. So the episodes seventeen and eighteen. Do you do the art too? No. No. Just so what? I'll, what I'll do is I've got the story. I write. It's like a screenplay. I've written. I've written the 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 scenes. The ten chapters. The scenes. The dialogue. I'll go home and I'll paginate, which is come up with all the little thumbnails of where the panels are going to be, yeah. which is a kind of a big job. And then I'll do the rough drawings of all of that, which takes about a month. And then when that's all done for those two books, then we'll do some editing and then I start the finished art, which takes forever. It takes That's the most of my years doing the finished drawings. Really? Yeah. Which is the, which is the bit that I'm kind of looking forward to being, to completing, I yeah. have to say, because that's... that's it's also where I'm my most limited. I I find I'm there's a I I slip into a place of relaxation, happiness and kind of acuity with the storytelling and coming up with things. The the drawings I feel like I'm always pushing right at the limit of whatever talent I have. I always feel like I'm, yeah. it's constantly a feeling of icy road bald tires yeah. always. Yeah. Always. <laughs> it's, it's true. Well, it's weird. That, it's good that you keep doing it. It would have seemed like you could have just hired a guy to do it after a certain uh, point. Yeah, yeah, I know. No, no way. And I think, but I think it's also why they've been successful because I think there is a there's a scrappiness and a and a frankly occasionally incompetent look to the 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 artwork that I think is really appealing because sure. it, it's just there's it doesn't feel that precious. It, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So when we were talking in the kitchen, though, you said that you really have to kind of mentally uh, uh, have mental boundaries around what, what what you take into your head so you can have the right disposition yeah. to write a book. So like no news, no bad news. <laughs> I, I, I limit it as much as I can, which can be really embarrassing. Like I, I, I there was a period there where I wasn't entirely sure who the prime minister of our country was for a little while. Then my wife said, yeah, "It's him." Uh, I, I I have to not I, a happy day. I <laughs> I tune I have to tune out, and it's and, and I'm sure that it's like that would appall a lot of people. That but I I find it hard to do the gig to get in the headspace to be because um, uh, there's a silliness about them. There's a, yeah. there's a sense of fun that. I find hard to fake. Yeah. So I have to get into a space where I just feel feel good. And it's also it's getting harder because they were written the initially they were written for my boys when they were six and eight. It was yeah. really easy to write because I knew what would make them laugh. Yeah. 
now they're 14 and 16, I have to time travel in my head and go, what would he have liked? He would have liked that. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, really? Yeah. So that you still think that way? I do. Uh. It helps. Yeah. Well, now I'm playing a character that you created. Yes, you are. Very well, too. Well, thank you, buddy. Oh. Uh, have you seen the movie with people? I have once. How'd um, it go? Twice, actually. And it was pretty good. It was pretty cool. Um, they you get the laughs? It did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. That was very, very kids? satisfying. Yeah. And there was a couple of kids, actually, on the last time I saw it in front of us. They were young. They were like a target uh. age group. They were eight. And they were oh, they kept throwing their arms in the air during the sequences like they were on a ride. Oh, really? And that was really exciting. <laughs> I loved seeing that. Did you like the, uh, the amplification of your art? Oh, it's just... See, that's... The, that is such a beautiful thing to experience. I mean, when the first time I saw the finished art move, I I burst into tears because it's <laughs> yeah. it's just what I've been trying to do in my black and white scribbly drawings is I've been approximating what I would like it to be. And that's my view because the books are my version of making a movie, but just on a page because yeah. I thought, how am I going to make a film? So I did that. Um, what they've done is they've taken that and then blown it up into this 3D magical Yeah, I had no idea. When I first had meetings with them, I wasn't familiar with the books and the snake character seemed great, but I'm like, how are you going to make that move? Like they... (laughs) Because they got to answer questions like that. Yeah, they do. And it was interesting. The snake snake movement came up um, on one of the first meetings with them. They were a little nervous about it because there hadn't been a snake as your sort of central heroic character ever really I yeah think there's maybe one or two examples where there's a prominently featured snake but it's usually just the the they're just meant to look insidious and right slithery so we needed this guy to be sort of charming you know yeah. and and I, that they've accomplished that beautifully yeah. that, that was great thing. yeah yeah and uh how did like how does it unfold like you know where does it start with the movie negotiations like i mean was that going on a long time <sighs> it was did you have other offers yeah, we did. Um, <laughs> I came. It was so surreal because I, you know, I'd never been to America. This was in 2016. Yeah, and again, with all that love of movies, I came across to Hollywood, and we knew people were interested. And I had an agent. Yeah, and I then we went. You know, single week we went to all the studios. Yeah, and I met the heads of most of them. Yeah, and uh, it just the, the DreamWorks just like Damon the producer uh-huh. just yeah. just just had a feel for it just got it yeah. just got the tone and they they kept assuring me that they would preserve that tone that was the most important he seems thing. like a good guy yeah okay. he's great yeah and I and I that's what it came down to for me I I figured and, and I I was weirdly arrogant about it too I, I knew I had something that they wanted yeah. and I knew it was the only I'd been looking for it my whole life so I was holding onto it really tight actually and but I, the, uh, you'd been looking like if, if this well, finally you're going to be a movie maker well i yeah i guess and i felt like if i don't trust them yeah it's i'm not going to do it I'm yeah gonna just hold on until i find someone who i do trust and the only people i met that week were, yeah. were, were, were the dreamworks team but then that they've that's like other than damon and then pierre who directed it that like there was a number of um, regime changes at DreamWorks during the development period, which was really hair raising. But the the bad guys just kept surviving it. They just kept really? staying on the yeah, yeah. It happened a couple of times, and it was you know I, I guess it's it it speaks to the the you know that where that sort of confidence in it came from is I just felt like the idea was just how right. I just kept saying to myself why wouldn't they make this That's, yeah you know and wh- how's it doing. 
Uh, the movie. It, I, I think I, I've been, I've had my head in the sand a little bit. I think it's doing good. Um, but it's, it's all going to be about when it comes out. Um, here? Here a little bit. Yeah. You know, but I, I know, like, and it's, it's like in Australia, I think it did really well, but the school holidays actually don't start until today. Uh-huh. So that's when we'll really see how it goes in Australia. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then in other places, I think it's I think it's doing good. I think it's 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 been the. Did they open in China and stuff? Not yet, yet not yet. I think it, it's the it's done the best. It's had the best opening for an animation during the pandemic in most places. I think, yeah. which is really cool. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm kind of ignoring all of that as much as I can until because it's staggered it's staggered over a whole month which yeah. is kind of excruciating so you can't get the whole picture until we're sort of at the other side yeah i don't get a sense i don't know no i don't follow it but it's it's uh i don't know the the you guys it's that's been because i've it was it was really interesting i was uh, across everybody's work during the process because when the conversations about casting came yeah. up i knew everybody's work pretty in most people's working detail yeah other than yours really you were surprised to me they said what about mark Marin? and i didn't know your name and yeah. they sent me uh, one of your stand-ups the the um the um end times no the uh, the the brain cancer well it could be it could be nothing that uh, that one and, uh, I, and you but I just uh, in 10 seconds in <laughs> i i started writing an email please please cast yeah, him please yeah, yeah. um so you know it's one of those things where it's just it's uh, it it's this cast is yeah they're great exactly who yeah. I want to play there yeah, which yeah. is which is a, which is you know so many authors watch their work turned into trash you know yeah. it happens all the time like yeah train wreck adaptations are a weekly occurrence right so to, and there's nothing you can do about it nothing at nothing at all it's, it's just you just have to watch your thing die so to no matter how the movie does actually. I love the movie so much, and I love what you all did in it yeah. so much that yeah. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of cool with with, <laughs> with whatever happens. Come on, they're talking about a sequel. Like, yeah, yeah, there they are. But I mean, you know, that's the thing. I I'm not, I I can't let myself indulge the thought of it just in case. I think got to get on it if they're going to do it because now that they've got everything, all the movements and stuff. Yeah. But wh how much of this? Well, because I, I don't know the books. Specifically, how much of this is books is from the book, the story? Do you get story credit? Uh, no, no. no? Um, uh, only it's it's um, created by, based on books yeah. by. Yeah. Uh, it, it is loosely based on the first four books with added Soderbergh. It, it added sort of Ocean's Eleven. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but a number of the sequences from the film, the cat in the tree, the yeah. you eating all the guinea pigs. Yeah, all that's they're, they're all straight from the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Mm. I gave your books. I told you I gave your books to Cat uh, to mm. Sean, Sean Marshall Cat Power. Melted my brain. Who uh, <laughs> who whose son loves loves him because uh -huh. I had the box and I'm like, I get this. I get the script. Do I need to read all the books or can I give this to somebody that's got kids? And all my brother's kids are too old. And then I went to Florida uh, and I and I met Sean for the first time. We had lunch. He had this kid, and I said, I think it's the kid's the right age. I think I have the books. Are, and I sent him, and he loved them. Oh, that's great! There you no, go. That's great. I, I mean, that's 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 what's so weird now. It's yeah. like you know, I love um, chance music. And, oh yeah, and it's just like the, the, knowing now because the books are so far. Like it's it's thirty million copies now. I think. Oh my god! And it's like you just 
just don't know whose house these books are in now. You know, that's most. <laughs> it's, it's such a strange feeling, you know. Yeah. And it's 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 a it's a thrill, and it also just does my head in too sometimes. But well, it's, that you're putting good things into the kids' brains. I I like that idea. I like that. Did idea. it feel like weird though? I mean, did you like? Did you feel there was a responsibility to it? I guess you got an editor, but I mean, yeah. I, look, it. it this is the thing. It's I wanted to do books because the the whole idea to do the 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 other impulse that drove the bad guys is some of the books that kids get sent home from sent home from school with yeah are so boring yeah that um I the initial impulse was I saw my youngest kid losing interest in ever wanting to learn to read he would bring this stuff home and go this just sucks can yeah. I just can I just play the Xbox please right. And, and the idea, the impulse came from, that's what changed everything, was the idea of, well, could you write a book that is as much, as much fun for a kid as a, as a video game yeah. or, or a movie or a TV show? Yeah. That, and that's, 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 that was what drove the first right. installment. And so the movie sort of captures that as well. It's yeah. good pace to it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's exciting, right? Yeah. Now, that, do I, you, are you a revered child's book writer now? Are you in there, up there with like uh, I, I, some of the other ones? Are I, you like? I don't know. I don't know. Do you how go that to? Do you go to special events where yeah. they have you got awards for writing children's no, books? No, I, I I got awards early up, and then then they got popular, and then the the awards dried up. Oh. I, I can live with that. I can live with the awards. None of the little uh, gold stickers on the books. Yeah, I, look, uh, the, the, that that happened. The gold stickers <laughs> happened in Australia initially, but I I kind of got reticent about it because I know that. I don't know. It just felt like somehow that in, there's cases where that can make a book seem like less fun to a kid. And I, I always wanted books to, if they, again, like the video game thing, wanting kids to associate books with fun. Yeah. Which seems it seems really counterintuitive in this era, but that's what I that's what I wanted to do. Um, so I don't know. It's, do you like the music they pick for the movie? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's good. So good. So good. That opening, the opening sequence, the opening chase sequence is one of the best things ever in an animated film, I reckon. Yeah, I think so. So exciting. So now you're going to go back to acting for a bit or? No. I got. A, they asked me during the production. Do you, <laughs> you want so would you want to do a little cameo? And it was. It made me want to. I vomited in my own mouth. It was just so <laughs> such a terrible thought. Oh God. Yeah. Well, it seems like you landed on your feet. <laughs> Done all right. Yeah. 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 It does. Yeah. Good talking to you, man. Uh, you good? Yeah. I'm good. All right. That was Aaron Blaby, the creator of the Bad Guys books and also producer on the film uh, that I'm in. I play Mr. Snake. It opens tomorrow, April 22nd. Whew. New York City, man. Had this Elko last night. The full fucking ride. Borscht, pierogies, the beet horseradish salad, some uh, kasha with gravy. Ooh, man. Boomer lives! Monkey, La Fonda, cat angels everywhere, that's for sure. Angels in general. No music. Roading it. Roading it.